Super Talk Mississippi media production. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're in the First Bank Studios right here in rainy Hattiesburg and in downtown Laurel. And we're glad you're with us wherever you're tuned in this afternoon to the Eagle Hour. Landon Harper is the closer for the highly ranked, nationally ranked Pearl River Junior College Bobcats. He is about to sign a baseball scholarship with Southern Miss, and we're going to talk to him this hour about what attracted this highly recruited young man to the Golden Eagle baseball program. Also, we're going to give you a sneak preview later in the show. Uh, the guys are going to be at D1 and D-Bat tomorrow. Luke and Kelly in the batting cage, taking their whiffs at 90-mile-an-hour fastballs. Ryan Cavanaugh manages D1 training. He's going to join the Eagle Hour a little later but first, a few things for Luke and I to discuss after we thank Dickie's Barbecue Pit for their support of our show and Southern Miss Athletics. It's a great place to eat seven days a week right next to the mall in Hattiesburg. You can enjoy their delicious food in their drive-thru, drive through, take-home delivery, or dine-in if you prefer. However you prefer, just be sure you choose Dickie's Barbecue. All right, uh, Luke Johnson, we're going to get to baseball playoffs and regional hosts and all that good stuff, but first I want to touch on this and Get your view. We mentioned rather casually that uh, Southern Miss wide receiver Tim Jones had signed a free agent deal uh, after the draft was over with the Jacksonville Jaguars. But we learned today that this is a priority free agent contract that Tim Jones uh, received a hundred and eighty thousand dollar total guarantee. He's guaranteed one hundred and sixty five thousand dollars of his base salary and a fifteen thousand dollar signing bonus. That tells me, Luke, that the Jaguars believe that Tim Jones can make their roster. There's a lot of things going into with with Tim Jones. Of course, he's coming out uh, a year early, big size, has shown continually in his Golden Eagle career that he's he is uh, he's willing to catch balls in traffic, take big hits. And we talked about yesterday, right now on the roster, if you go to the Jags roster on NFL.com, about nine guys on there. Um, you don't really recognize, but maybe two or three of them. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that probably the Jaguars think they're, they're getting a, a pretty good deal for, for Tim Jones. You know, and, and before I heard that, I was trying to think about, you know, what, what that looks like. When I went to the Lions, of course, this was back in the dark ages, but you had, you had several types of free agents. You had guys that came in, um, that were signed. Um, uh, Matt Prater, um, who has the NFL record now, he was the, the kicker when I was there and he was already signed. They had signed him. I was brought in on a conditional basis. What they were doing was they were evaluating me in light of their NFL Europe, uh, punter. And uh, so I didn't really sign much paperwork, except if I make the team, this is blah, blah, blah. But some guys actually walked in, you know, to rookie camp um, with with contracts. So it appears that that Tim Jones, he's in he's in a really good scenario uh, with that. And, and you got to think with that size and and uh, the possession receiver ability um, that he he will make waves in rookie camp and then maybe with OTAs later on in the summer. 
Well, good for him. We'll monitor that and uh, keep you up to date as to whether this young man uh, makes, in fact, the Jaguar roster. All right, uh, baseball was scheduled for tonight, pushed back to tomorrow night. It's a good thing because it started raining and thundering here about 30 minutes ago. Uh, You've got some uh, more pronostications about regional host and uh, where Conference USA falls in there, Luke. Yeah, I mean, when when article by Mark Etheridge out of D1 Baseball, and, and give a shout-out to, to one of our listeners, uh, WPM McGee, and he's on Twitter. He's college baseball liker. He, he, this guy, he's like our own Southern Miss savant of college baseball. Go check him out on, on Twitter. But anyway, we were talking today, and uh, he, was, he, he uh, pointed me to this article by Mark Etheridge. And basically what you're doing is we, we will give the NCAA credit. Uh, one of the few times we will give them credit. They, this recent decision to basically give an extra week or so, you know, before you announce the, the 16 host sites allows, uh, people to be evaluated. And, and the way Etheridge kind of described this is going in, the NCAA was kind of like, we're going to have, you know, a chili cook off, a steak cook off, but we're only going to let the food cook 80% and then we're going to judge it. And so at least we get a little better percentage or, or look, uh, because we thought it was going to be this weekend. You play Middle Tennessee and you're going to know whether you're hosting or not. And the Golden Eagles, um, you know, were able to win the series out in Rice. But anyway, here, here's where it comes down to. Uh, if you look across the board, it's, it's pretty much a lock that the SEC is going to get four or five, maybe six. Ole Miss put themselves with the sweep of South Carolina right back in regional talk. So Etheridge basically has a solid lock, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, and uh, and Tennessee, and Ole Miss. Uh, three from the, the Big 12, TCU, Texas, and Texas Tech. Notre Dame, who's been a top 20 RPI team, uh, would come in and represent the ACC, really the only ACC-like team in that. And then the Pac-12, uh, a solid lock for Arizona. So Southern Miss, Louisiana Tech, and Charlotte are all what uh, Mark Etheridge calls the bubble 20. So the teams that whether or not they'll be announced inside the bubble. He ultimately has all three Conference USA teams to, to be in the 20. And if it, you know, unless we were every Conference USA team in this were to lose the next two series, which not, nobody thinks uh, is going to happen. Charlotte's playing Marshall this weekend. Old Dominion's playing UTSA. And uh, Louisiana Tech's playing FIU. We, we basically want everybody to win out at this point um, to, to keep the RP. It would help if Charlotte lost. And I, I wrapped up yesterday, Bob. Saying that I didn't, we didn't really know who had submitted a bid. Based off this article, Etheridge says that Old Dominion did not submit a bid. I actually reached out to uh, to Charlotte's athletic department yesterday. They emailed me back today. They have submitted a bid, and then of course we know Louisiana Tech did. So ODU is not in the conversation at all. It's Charlotte, Louisiana Tech, and and Southern Miss. You you got to feel like if we were not a if we were a Power Five uh, conference, you would be looking at two as a lock, maybe three regional hosts but because we're a group of five you got to know it's a probably a lock for one and a possibility for two well that's right and it's a shame that uh, of course COVID, i guess is the reason i suppose but it's a shame you can't play this out you know the winner of the conference usa tournament host a regional and what kind of incentive would that be what sort of edge would that add uh, to the tournament that won't be the case but luke realistically uh, with the NCAA's history of, you know, their their adoring love relationship with the Power Five, you really think more than one Conference USA team will host? 
and, and believe it or not, if one Conference USA team does host, I kind of give the leaning RPI-wise, because RPI isn't the sole metric, but it's one of the metrics. Southern Miss, obviously, would, would be on the outside. Here's where it helps. Here, here's where it, it really helps, is that Hayes Stadium at Charlotte only has a seating capacity of 1,000 people. So is the NCAA really going to allow a school that can only put 500 people in the seats to host four schools for a regional? Now, what, what plays into Charlotte's strength is, is that it, it's on the coast. You know, we talked about is the NCAA going to give a regional to Oxford, Starkville, and either Hattiesburg or Ruston being so close that they are. Probably three of those four are likely, not all four. Charlotte allows Conference USA to get a spot that's totally away. Charlotte might be the way that Conference USA gets two host sites, and Rustin or Hattiesburg would would be out. And you got to feel like the Eagles would be third on the totem pole because uh, Louisiana Tech beat us five times this year. Louisiana Tech, on the other hand, two thousand capacity, so you cut it in half at a thousand. What helps the Eagles is that, to your point, in kind of a wacky COVID weird year, the NCAA is going to say, "Okay, who can pull this off?" Well, in two thousand seventeen, Southern Miss hosted a regional. We know they can do it. We know that everybody had a good experience there, even dragging into Monday night. So it, it's kind of like fifty percent negative against the Eagles, fifty percent positive. But all we can do is really it went out, and that starts tomorrow night against Southeastern Louisiana. Let me clarify: I didn't have a good experience at that tournament. That was the most heartbreaking baseball <laughs> loss at one thirty in the morning. A human being can't imagine. Uh, real quick question, about a minute left, and that's about attendance. That we reported earlier this week that LSU, in a shameless attempt to get yet another regional, announced that they were back at 100% attendance. Does that mean Louisiana Tech is at 100%? And I see that, you know, they're putting 13,000 people in, in the stadium up in Starkville, and yet restrictions remain on our uh, stadium here. So, is it school to school or is it state to state, Luke? Well, to to my understanding, you're, you're talking about two separate things. Louisiana Tech's, I mean, Louisiana Tech and and LSU or LSU specifically, is is open because that's a university decision in a state that's that's having no restrictions. When the regionals come, the regionals won't flow off what the governor says, what the mayor says, what the university chancellor or president says. It's a fifty percent cap on everybody, no matter where you're at. And so that's going to apply across the board. So even though LSU would open up with 12, 13,000 people, they would be limited to 6,6500. 6, but no matter whether it's Southern Miss, LSU, or Fairfield, they're going to find ways, creative ways, unique ways, to make sure they can get the most people in that stadium when baseball's played. As Al Davis used to say, Luke, just win, baby, win. That's all the Golden Eagles can do. Just keep winning baseball games, and uh, we'll see where the chips fall. All right, another big pitcher coming to the Southern Miss program, Landon Harper out of Pearl River Community College. He's the next guest on the Eagle Hour. Don't go away. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome back. Tuesday edition of the Eagle Hour from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. This segment of the show is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. What a great place 
to buy your Southern Miss baseball apparel. They're open six days a week. They're on Hardy Street right across from the corner of the campus. You can also shop them online at campusbookmart.net. Golden Eagles set to play Southeastern Louisiana tomorrow night at 6 o'clock and then host Middle Tennessee for what will be the final home conference series of the weekend. Sad to say this season has gone by all too fast. Of course, one of the strengths of the Golden Eagle program this year has been its outstanding pitching staff leading the nation and strikeout-to-walk ratio. Uh, Just an outstanding job by Christian Ostrander. And apparently Coach Ostrander has found another stud for the Southern Miss uh, pitching staff. Landon Harper is the closer at Pearl River Community College. That's a nationally ranked, really, really good junior college baseball program. He's set to sign a scholarship tomorrow at 3 o'clock to become the newest Golden Eagle. We've got him on the Eagle Hour. And, Landon, uh, first of all, congratulations to you, and uh, welcome to the Southern Miss family. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. Tell us a little bit about what attracted you uh, to Southern Miss. You know, it's just – it's close to home. It's not about an hour and 30 minutes away. You know, I know my family can come watch me anytime because it's not far. And I've heard a lot of good things about them. And they've, they've been a very good program for many of years. And I've always heard about Southern Miss. You know, and my mom actually is an alumni there. She went to school there and uh, all four years or all four years of college. And, you know, it's always just been there in my head of, you know, Southern Miss, you know, always somewhere I can go. And, uh, and I would like to go. And I've also heard very good things about Coach Ostrander, like you said, uh, I've heard he's a he's a guru down there, you know. So, and that's always one thing that a pitcher wants is a very good pitching coach, somewhere I can develop. And I felt like when I went to Southern Miss, you know, when I step on campus, I just feel like, you know, that's my second home. You know, I can develop there and get along with them there. So, that's really what attracted me the most. Well, good. We're glad to have you. And you're exactly right. Uh, Ostrander is a guru. He has uh, done an incredible job. Uh, with the pitching staff, so I, I know if he wants you a part of it, uh, he thinks very highly of you. We certainly are, are glad that you're coming. Luke, uh, welcome the newest Golden Eagle to the uh, baseball family. So, uh, so Landon, you're signing tomorrow with the Eagles? Yes, sir, I am at 3 o'clock. That's really exciting. We were we were talking this past weekend. Uh, Nick Sandlin, who is obviously on this Southern Miss pitching staff a few years back, makes his debut with uh, with the the Cleveland Indians. Kurt McCarty at the alternate side, and and I guess uh, you've kind of seen some of those guys through the years that have come up. And really, the strength of this team this year has been the pitching staff. So I know you're excited not just to to come in and, and be a part of a team, but to be part of a a pitching staff where you guys can push each other. Also, oh yeah, yes sir, and. One of those things that we talk about here at Pearl River, which is I'm glad I'll have that same thing at uh, Southern Miss, is iron sharpens iron. And when you're playing around good players, I truly believe that it makes you a ten times better player than if you were playing or competing against your own teammates that weren't as good or that weren't top tier, you know. So I think that's yeah. good that I can, I'll can i be able to go there and compete and get better and and be able, hopefully, to you know, live up to my expectations that they have for me. So, so you're from Northeast Lauderdale, straight up 59. You go straight down 59 to Pearl River, and what a year you guys are having down at the river, third uh, in the country right now, 34 and seven. Um, you're the closer for this ball club. What's kind of been the strength and allowed you guys to win so many games this year? Well, 
see, some people say, you know, it's our hitting that's our strength. And, or some people say it's our pitching that's our strength. But I think that what makes us such a very good team is just how close we are. You know, like, even off the field, we're all just very close to each other. We're all, like, really good friends. And just the adversity that we have faced together, you know, with people being hurt, we've had two of our best arms get hurt this year with uh, Tommy John. They've had had Tommy John surgery, and uh, we've had to deal with that. And the fact that we've been been able to come together as a team, be so close and accomplish and accomplish one of our goals, one of many goals that we have is uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, no, no question about that, Landon. Uh, we 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 all know about the the level of athletic competition in junior colleges in Mississippi, probably as good as any in the country. How has how has the two years at Pearl River you think helped you get ready to go pitch Division One baseball on a real high level? I would I would start off with you know with my coaching staff. They you know they have they have done the best they could or couldn't have done any better. I think to prepare me for the next level, and they prepare us every day, no matter what. They just they're very good at preparing us for our games and what we have in life. Not even baseball. It's for just life as a grown man or growing up. You know, they, they're just really good at preparing us, and uh, mm-hmm. it's just very exciting. Now, do, do you come in uh, expecting to fill that same role as a closer, or have you and Coach O talked about maybe middle relief, other ways that uh, you can add to the pitching staff? Uh, we've talked about mainly me starting, being a starter when I go there. Right. Or, but if you know, if not, I don't really care what role I play as long, you know, as long as I'm helping the team win. But um, you know, I don't really care if I start or relief. But I think that my expectations there are to start, mm-hmm. and I think that I'll be able to fulfill that expectation. I would assume you've done both of that in your high school and, and, and junior college career, start and relief. Is that correct? Yes, sir, I have. What What is the difference? How do you prepare yourself differently to be a closer as opposed to being a starter? See, uh, see at first, when I first started closing, which was really this year, I, um, you know, I thought they were two different things. I thought starting and relieving were two totally different things. But as I started closing, and I've also started a couple games this year, and uh, as I've done both of them, I've come to realize that they're really there's not really much difference uh, in them other than one goes longer, stretches longer in the innings mm-hmm. than the other, which is physicality. But mentally, I think there's nothing different between them. I think that you know, regardless of the situation, you're going out there and you're trying to get that the first guy you face, your mentality, you're you're trying to get him out. It doesn't really matter. You're not thinking about the other innings that you have. You're just trying to get three outs, put up a zero for your team, and go back in there and give your hitters a chance to score runs for you. Right. That makes sense. Uh, Luke, anything else uh, for this young man? All right, Landon. I, I never liked uh, really talking about myself in a way, but I'm going to give you an opportunity because Southern Miss fans like, like to hear this stuff. Tell us about the arsenal. Tell us what's in your back pocket. Tell us your best pitch. 
the pitch you need to work on the most. And uh, I, I, nobody from the, the JUCO playoffs is going to be listening to this if you kind of unveil your <laughs> stuff. But uh, Southern Miss fans want want to know what 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 your arsenal is like coming in. Tell us about it. I would definitely say my uh, my best pitch is my fastball. I've I mean I've ran it up to ninety five this year, and in the fall, um, I would say I've my slider is my definitely my second best pitch, and I also have another a different type of slider that I'm working on for just for Southern Miss when I get there. That my uh, pitching coach here at Pearl Rivers, he's helping me uh, work on some things and develop a different slider that's a little harder than the one I have now. And uh, of course, I got a curveball. You know, it sits in there around 78, 79. Um, the pitch I need to work on the most, though, would definitely be my changeup. But when I do throw it good, it's very good. But I just have to consistently throw it good instead of you know sometimes not throwing it good or doing little things wrong with my hands that make make me not throw it good every time so yeah but yeah that's basically my arsenal yeah we're going to be at a at a batting cage tomorrow at D Bat and D One in Hattiesburg, and I'm not sure I could hit a 78 mile an hour fastball landing. So there's no way I could hit 95, and you would probably wipe me out with that slider. Hey man, we're excited that you're coming uh, to Southern Miss, and uh, you'll sign tomorrow at three o'clock. And and on behalf of us, thanks for coming on the show today. And man, we look forward to seeing you in in black and gold next year. Yes, sir. I'm very excited, and I cannot wait. Well, I'll tell you what, Landon, in closing, uh, things you already know, you're coming to a high-profile program with a very passionate, enthusiastic fan base, and it gets really electric at Pete Taylor Park, so get ready yes, for a fun ride. Yes, sir. I'm ready. I'm All ready. right. Thank you a lot, Landon. Landon Harper, everybody, incoming pitcher for the Golden Eagles, the closer right now for nationally ranked Pearl River Community College. We're excited about having him and uh, look forward to seeing him, Luke, in the black and gold. Yeah, four pitch arsenal, and and that's you know you hear that a lot with guys that need to work on a pitch. I appreciate his honesty. He's going to try to work on that that change up. And how cool is it? You know, Pearl River guys, you know, helping pitching coach, trying to get him ready for Ostrander um, up in uh, Southern Miss. I know Coach Oz uh, excited about having Landon Harper, so we appreciate him coming on the show today. The Guru, as uh, Landon described, Coach Ostrander, the Guru of pitching coaches. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Tuesday. A little cloudy here in downtown Laurel. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty at the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg. Appreciate you joining us on this Tuesday afternoon. It is May the 4th. Hamburger steak was on the menu today at 4th Street Bar and Grill. And if you can't make it to the Pete tomorrow night or don't have a ticket or can't find a ticket, there should be no excuse why you couldn't know those things. But they're going to have the game on at 4th Street Bar and Grill uh, tomorrow night also. So if you can't get to the Pete, 
Uh, go watch the game at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Kelly Sander, it is uh, Star Wars Day, so may the 4th be with you, sir. Thank you. Same to you. Of course, uh, people always say that I have a, a stark resemblance to the job of the hut. Um, <laughs> not exactly sure that that's a compliment. Um, mm, at least he's a well, celebrity, right? <laughs> that, that's right. And, and Not sure you want to get choked out by, by Princess Leia, and anyway. Right. But but Kelly, we had on Landon Harper last uh, last segment, and yeah. ninety five fastball gets up to ninety five. I told him you and I may get struck out tomorrow at D bat with a seventy five mile hour fastball. But you've been watching this guy. He kind of told us that they're they're possibly looking to move him to a to a starter next year at Southern Miss. The thing about that Pearl River staff is is they're so deep pitching-wise. I remember the last uh, game of the regular season they had last Friday against Hines in a makeup game. Michael Avalon had the advantage of uh, it was a nine-inning game. It wasn't going to really uh, determine Pearl River's standing because they had won uh, the state. But it, it was more implication for, for Hines. And he pitched Michael Avalon because it wasn't going to affect their standing at all. He pitched nine Different guys, one inning, and they won the game. And they won the game six to one against a pretty decent Heinz team. So that tells you about the pitching staff that Pearl River has. And Landon Harper is the closer among those guys. So obviously, the closer is the guy that, that you can count on to slam the door and get it done. And he has just been superb uh, this year. So the Eagles certainly got a good one with uh, with Landon Harper, and he is going to officially sign his uh, letter of intent tomorrow at a presentation at Pearl River. So congrats to the Eagles. Landon Harper is the real deal. Good. Good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. And good kid, too, wasn't he? Good kid. All right. Um, looking forward, uh, Kelly, kind of recap first segment, get you to chime in on this. Uh, the NCAA, obviously, a couple weeks ago, saying that they're going to uh, allow four more teams to get into the uh, un- initial unveiling of 20 sites. Mark Etheridge from D1 Baseball has got um, really all three Conference USA teams in there. We did confirm today, if you missed the first segment, uh, listeners, if you missed it, and I want to get Kelly's reaction to this, Charlotte did put in a, a bid, and based off this article from Mark Etheridge, I reached out to ODU. I haven't heard back from them, but Mark Etheridge basically implied in this article that ODU did not put in a bid. We know Southern Miss and Louisiana Tech have. Um, Kelly, if, if Conference USA is a Power 5 conference, uh, three sites would, would, three host sites would be a lock because they're not. One's a lock. And, uh, I mean, I, what, what else does a conference have to do, though, to get two simply because you got four teams in the top 20? That's a, that's a $64,000 question. I think what's working against Charlotte, Luke, is the fact that they'll have a capacity of, of 500, uh, people in attendance when more and more ballparks across the country, um, it, it seems to be very frustrating when all we hear about is how COVID numbers are rapidly going down. More and more people are being vaccinated. You know, different stadiums across the country are hosting vaccination fairs where, you know, hundreds of thousands of people literally being vaccinated, but we're still limiting uh, crowds at the, at the college level. But that's going to hurt Charlotte, I think, the fact that they're only going to allow 500 but working for Charlotte is if you take it for granted that Louisiana Tech is a lock to get a regional, that's going to work in Charlotte's favor because you would think, again, but we're talking logic here, and the NCAA, which 
Lots of times those two words don't go in the same sentence. But if they give a regional to La Tech, La Tech is in the Conference USA West. Charlotte would be in the East. Um, so that would work for Charlotte. It would be unlikely to me, if Conference USA was limited to two, that they would give them both to teams from the Western Division and two teams that were pretty geographically close together. Yeah. So I think the only thing working what? against Charlotte is it's it's a attendance limitation at this point. Bob, here's the here's the other aspect of it. Obviously, in order for us to move up, the other two teams have to to lose. You know, and and so for us to win the West and you know to look better in the eyes of the committee. At the same token, though, you feel like if if one of these two three teams drops a series, that kind of brings the whole conference down. And so where you were on the, the line with everybody winning to possibly get two hosts, if everybody kind of loses, you're only going to get one host. So for the Golden Eagles, it's like danged if you did, danged if you don't. Right, and it's going to be very difficult for the Golden Eagles if you get down to, to one bid. Uh, or if Kelly's right, they don't want to give two bids from the same division of the conference. It's going to be very difficult to argue, in all honesty, that, that Tech shouldn't get the bid over Southern Miss. They won five out of eight games head-to-head and uh, – as much as I'd love to see the regional tournament here, I, if you're going to talk about fairness, which is what they do with the Power Five schools is a whole other subject, but eliminating that, if you're going to talk fairness and it does come down to one team and things stay the way they are now in the respect of, of the best teams in the league continue to win their series, doesn't it have to go to Louisiana Tech? Yes, I think that makes a lot of sense. Also, the fact that Southern Miss, you know, albeit the Gulf Coast, you know, when they played in Shucker Stadium, Southern Miss has hosted a lot of conference tournaments, you know, in the past years. But but Louisiana Tech is also an emotional favorite with some of the things that they've gone through right. with the tornado striking, you know, Love Field and, and those sorts of things. So, I, yeah, I, I would think that La Tech <clears throat> is a slam dunk. And I'm hoping – that if they have to flip a coin, so to speak, between Charlotte and Southern Miss, that the Eagles would get it because of the lack of attendance limits. Me me too, but Kelly, let's again be realistic. Three tournaments, three regionals in Mississippi, and then another regional in Ruston, that that doesn't seem likely to me. It was, quote, merit-based. That is what they said, merit-based. You know, the the one team in the top, and I don't think they should host simply because they're only playing conference, but Fairfield sitting at the number five RPI, they've lost one game. Of course, their uh, their strength of schedule is at 150. But I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want Fairfield to be my two or three seed if I was hosting a regional. Yeah, but you also have to remember, too, Luke, that uh, if it's merit-based, that's an NCAA quote that's that's right above Bill Clinton saying, I did not have sex with that woman. <laughs> or Joe Biden. I, I'm not lying. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, that's well, exactly here, right. Here, it's all going to shake out, but I don't trust the whole lot the NCAA says publicly. Yeah, that's you that's know. exactly right. I, so, Luke, who, who has more merit to host the tournament? between Southern Miss and Charlotte. Pretend there are no other tournaments taking place. Southern Miss with a with a history of winning, a history of hosting, a, a history of, of being a regional team two years ago into the final game of the regionals at LSU. Charlotte, the new kid on the block, is Charlotte really, really a regional host baseball team? If you go on the metrics, I mean, yeah. I mean, they're, they're eight spots above uh, Southern Miss in the RPI. 
Um, other than the UTSA rainout, Charlotte has uh, really one more win. Their strength of schedule is 17 uh, above the Golden Eagles. And, yeah, the only thing that Southern Miss has over Charlotte is we've done it before, which could play in, like I said in the first segment, could play in in a two-key year where the NCAA is just going to be weird about stuff. And, and secondly, more people can get in the peat. Uh, they, they call their stadium the Haze, and li- it's literally standing room, and I'm not sure they would allow standing room. I think it can get up to 3,000, but CD capacity is only at 1,000. So the only thing the Eagles have going in right now is that their stadium can hold more people. Yeah, and is that is that standing room at the beginning of the game or at the end of the game? Because by about the sixth inning, I'm not standing anymore. <laughs> you're at home watching it in the recliner, Kelly. I don't no, no, I'm not sitting either. I'm the guy. You you're know, laying. Step on me on your way. Yeah, out no, ball. you're laying down. All right. So <laughs> when so when are we going to know what is the what is the timetable for this loot? So next Monday they'll announce the twenty. They'll announce uh, the twenty possible sites. So the, the site it, it won't to to your point. I think during the break you said, "Oh, that extra week will allow people, you know, to bribe the NCAA." That won't happen. Happen, okay? The you know, the regionals, the sixteen regionals, will get picked from the twenty that are announced. So then they'll take another week, and then I think going into the conference tournament, uh, you will know where the sites are. And, and Kelly, I guess that brings up a whole other question. We we got about twenty seconds, but. You know, how much does a conference tournament matter now except for the fact you're playing for pride? It doesn't, other than, you know, if you figure that there's four teams that are clearly better than the rest of the league. And the only upset for those, those other teams would be is if somebody were to come from the lower rankings and pull off the championship, which I just don't think is going to happen. And I think there's still a lot to play for. I think for Southern Miss, winning five consecutive conference championships – should be a motivator, and uh, we'll see. Time will tell. All right, want to thank Landon Harper for joining us, Kelly Sander for his take. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Ryan Cavanaugh. And, Kelly, you be sure you're tuned in. Ryan's going to lay out what's in store for you and Luke tomorrow at D1 Training. Bring it on, baby. <laughs> we'll be back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Last segment on a Tuesday. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty on the Eagle Hour from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Happy to have you along on this Tuesday. Four segment brought to you every day by DBAT and D1 Training located on Hardy Street. In Hattiesburg, the best instruction, the best place to get in the best shape of your life. And we're going to be there tomorrow. And closing out the Eagle Hour today, happy to have uh, Ryan Cavanaugh on with, from D1 Training. And, and we were kind of talking during uh, the break, Ryan. Luke Johnson's going to get his 40 time tomorrow. Oh, yeah, we're excited. We're going to set up our lasers. We're going to get him down there, get him running, or see if we can get him to a four flat. How about that? 
<laughs> Let me know when that happens, please. Ryan, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan uh, we really appreciate uh, you, you guys' sponsorship, and, and we talk about you every single day. Uh, DBAT and D1 training, specifically on your side, D1 training, no place really like it in the Pine Belt whatsoever. No, absolutely. We are the place for the athlete. We're here uh, to help the community and really where they grow athletes from that, you know, scholastic age all the way beyond to their college years. Um, any help they need, we've got the coaches for them and staff to kind of help them excel and get to where they need to be. Ryan, tell us about the uh, the festivities that are coming up uh, at D1 this weekend. I know it's kind of a special weekend for you guys. Yeah, so actually this weekend we've got our inaugural Kids Fest kicking off. Um, we're going to have a lot of local vendors coming out, uh, some huge big giveaways, some door prizes, um, bouncy castle for the kids. We'll have tug of war going on, uh, workouts for all the kids as well, and we're also going to be partnering with Jump and Gymnastics. They're going to have a setup for them um, to kind of go through tumbling station, bars and rails, and everything like that. So we're really excited to get the kids coming here, get the fam, bring the family in. It's have some fun. It's going to be a great weekend, great way to kick off Mother's Day weekend as well. How can they come? How can they uh, get in your event? Anyone just welcome to come in. There's no registration, no fees. Just show up and have some fun. Great, great. So th- this is for kids and, and their parents as well, really? Yes, absolutely. I got you. The concept of uh, of D1 training and DBAT, where, where did it come from, Ryan? You know, actually, the originator, Will Bartholomew, he actually uh, roomed with Peyton Manning, and he kind of saw an outing for helping athletes. You know, growing up myself as an athlete, we didn't have anything like this, no way to really kind of connect that bridge from uh, middle school, high school to college, and there's no facilities like this that can you know, test your 40s, um, test your broad jump, test the vertical, um, pursue uh, strength conditioning, really really nothing out there available. And so D1, that's kind of the, the backing history of that is to um, connect communities, connect society, and um, build and establish relationships with those athletes, um, young, college, really whatever. Um, we do describe an athlete as really anyone with a goal and uh, the energy and ability to get there. Um, so athletes, like I said, they range from any ages. We're here to help, help you excel and get better. Wouldn't that? I guess that would include adults too, who may who may like to play tennis on the weekends or golf or, or, or get involved in some sort of activity. D one would be a great place for them to come and get some expert training to get them in shape to accomplish that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, golf, tennis, like you said, you just named it. We're here for for everyone. Um, we've got a coach that can assist in any sport, any leisure. Uh, it could be could be uh, horse riding <laughs> anything you need help with uh, we're here to, we're here to get you to that next level whether it's um, in athletics whether it's just in health and wellness if you need to improve your fitness and um, mental ability anything you need we're here to help my two operations really inside the same building on the other side of the building from you is dbat and catherine has been on the show a, a number of times we love having her on the show as well she manages all the batting cages because I know you guys provide all sorts of batting and you know baseball and softball training for kids and, and young people. Uh, what are the chances of getting Luke and Kelly in a batting cage tomorrow and hurling some fastballs at them, Ryan? You know, I think that sounds like a great idea. I'm sure Catherine uh, wouldn't mind at all to get them set up. And, you know, we can really test their swing and see how far they can hit that ball. We can actually uh, – <laughs> pull up the screen and see if that can actually hit some homers or not. Oh, uh, so Luke, what do you want to do first? You're going to do the dash, the 40 yards, or are you going to go over and, uh, and show us your batting style? 
The first thing I'm going to do is get there about 9.30 and warm up for all of this, okay? So, no, I'm going to get there a little early, whatever they want me to do. But I think it would be really funny if fourth segment tomorrow, Bob, I put the headphones down and Kelly does a play-by-play of me running the 40-yard dash. I think that would be awesome. Do you think uh, Do you think we might be able to do that, Ryan? Oh, I 100% agree. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, so it's set. Tomorrow, we'll have, we'll have MSERV standing by for, uh, right. for immediate medical treatment. Oxygen, and I think I'm going to probably tear about 18 hamstrings, but it'll be worth it just for you, Bob. So tomorrow in the detraining bracket uh, segment of the Eagle Hour, we will have a play-by-play of Luke Johnson in the 40-yard dash, and, and Ryan will be there to verify the outcome. Is that correct, Ryan? Yes, sir. We've got stopwatches ready, and we've got some ice to recover. Uh, well, get it all out, because I, I have a feeling he's going to need it. Hey, we're really excited about having the Eagle Hour at your place. Uh, we'll be talking more about the Kids Festival with you tomorrow. Hope that you guys have a really big crowd this weekend with kids and their families. We look forward to spending an afternoon with you, and we thank you for previewing it on the show today, buddy. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, and I look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow. All right. Ryan Cavanaugh, everybody, is the manager of D1 Training. Catherine, the manager of D-Bat, Luke Johnson putting his athletic skills on display tomorrow for the whole world to see. I can't wait for this, Luke. It's going to be good. You'll hear the groaning from wherever you are in the First Bank studio, Bob. I guarantee you. Until the groaning begins, Southern Miss. To the top. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle. Let my spirit carry me. I want to fly a super talk mississippi media production